Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Chachi, my friend, I feel like I'm already on cloud nine. It's welcome to have welcome to have you. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> it's a pleasure of mine to connect with you and I feel you all the time but it's nice to see your face and actually be able to go in deep with you this is going to be really fun you know despite the fact that uh like social distancing is like a big thing right now I have to say that even if I one of my biggest misses right now is being able to hug and hold somebody but being able to like look you in the eyes and just be here with you uh, so to speak is a blessing to me because mm. There was a time where if something like this would have happened, that we wouldn't have internet. We wouldn't have had these things. So for me to be able to have this conversation with you is such, such, such a blessing. Yeah. Ditto. I'm like, thank you, technology. You know, like <laughs> no matter how many EMFs I'm I'm getting with my body, I'm like <laughs> receiving the same amount of love and 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 connection that I need right now. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so appreciative. I uh, I wanted to underscore before we started this, and it, I've been wanting to do this for a little while, but you put us through a little bit of a meditation that really helped to ground me and walk me through that a little bit. Like, where is where does your in-tuneness of being able to help people drop in come from? Because that meditation experience really got me grounded in all of the kind of different energy and subtle bodies, energy bodies that are kind of flowing around. And it was good. I just feel very present with you in this moment. Mm. Mm. So presence is like the, the, the pureness. That's like where the ecstatic bliss is, you know, when you're really present, it's like, that's when the joy comes, you know? So that's kind of my purpose in life is to, to overcome my own addiction to thinking in the past or in the future and to, mm -hmm. to come to presence and to share that with other people. So, um, I've learned through all of my training as a healthcare practitioner and a practicing yoga for the last, um, I would say the last 10 years I've been practicing yoga, but not super um, proficiently until the last five. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and yoga really, you know, I, I, I had a time, I struggled with um, meditating in yoga classes and I would be there like, don't think about your laundry list, just release your, your weight into the earth, you know? And I'm like, okay, releasing my weight into the earth is great. But when you can bring your awareness into your body and know that your body is your friend and know that your body is a part of you, that it's literally an extension of you. Like this is your vessel that you're using here. Like you have the ability to communicate with any part of the consciousness around you. But if you communicate with your body, 
your body has tells our body tells us so much about where we are in our head too. Like our body talks to us, whether we, we like it or not. But if we start to talk to it, then we can bring a sort of real presence and a real kind of groundedness. So I learned uh, connecting the two hemispheres of the brain um, from a, a modality called body talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've heard body of talk. Before. And I took, I took the, uh, uh, the, just the, the very first um, course, which is called Access. And um, it was so transformative for me because of the, when I received those sessions, they're just like talking to me and telling me what my body is saying to them. Mm. And I've kind of like, without going deeper into the training, have eventually ended up on this side where I can communicate with my own body and other people's bodies and they communicate with me in a way that's, that's, uh, that's easy to understand. And so when I drop people into meditation, I'm also a massage therapist. So um, massage therapist and body worker. And I took that training only a couple of years ago. And that really tuned me into listening to, to the body even more and um, paying attention to other people's bodies as well even more. And so I, I like combined my modalities and in every one of my sessions, I, I started to all of a sudden felt inspired to guide people in meditation when I'm doing the craniosacral therapy, which is also something I learned in school. And craniosacral therapy is connecting to the person's cerebrospinal fluid, the fluid that is that carries the electric the electricity from your spinal cord to your brain it is the mm-hmm. conductor of the of that flow so <laughs> like all of these things combined kind of like inspired in me and then the 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 true like what came from me from christian mendoza from chachi was this little meditation on going into the cells like starting with connecting the two hemispheres of the brain and then letting that connection, your awareness move through each part of the body. And that actually grounds us. That actually connects us to our body because our body is of the earth. And so when we connect to each part of our body consciously with both halves of our brain, we're actually bringing, calling ourselves to an extreme presence. And in craniosacral therapy, it's about extreme presence. You cannot understand or comprehend the flow of the cerebrospinal fluid going in and out without deep listening. You have to listen past the heartbeat, past the pulse, past the lungs, past all of these bodily processes, past like your peristalsis of the food moving through your stomach, with the water moving through your, your intestines. You have to move past all of this kind of noise to really to tap into that. And that has, that helped me kind of develop this, inspire this meditation that I do. But this meditation is, is really about, um, you, you have control over everything that is in your body. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Joe Dispenza has scientifically proven that and continues to prove it on, on a daily basis. And you can tune into his channel and talk I to him about that. Work. Right, it's a freaking amazing, and like I didn't know about Joe Dispenza when I started doing this meditation, but I I 
I feel it even more now. And I can even feel the connection inside of me lighting up my spinal cord and my vagal vagal nerve are just like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, We're talking about this, you know, it's like shivers up and down and it feels really good. And I can feel it in my heart. So it feels right. It feels true. Um, Circling back and centering back to what you were saying, talking about this meditation, this I have it posted on my Instagram page. Um, I just started doing weekly posts of stuff that really has benefited me in my journey. And mm-hmm. so I will continue to do that. This week, I'm going to talk about the importance of breath work and the mm. importance of breath. But I want to just just note that in this meditation, I start with the breath. First, you start taking deep breaths and letting the exhale be a little bit longer than the inhale. And with that, I learned this this technique specifically from my partner Kim, and she trained in Nepal, and she's a yogi. Mm-hmm. And her her guru said, "If you would like new things to come into your life, you have to let go of old things." And so, <laughs> with our breath, we breathe out a little more than we breathe in, and so there is room for new things. Interesting. I have plenty of questions even inside of that, but the first thing that popped in my head was there's a lot uh, nowadays. I feel like there's so much chatter uh, in regards to like everyone who's like teaching meditation, teaching breath work, teaching mindfulness, teaching yoga, teaching all these things. It can be difficult to be able to, I think, sift through a lot of the chatter to really get to like what the core deeper practices can be that can ultimately allow us to really tap into, I would imagine the deepest parts of our being is how do we become more familiar with oneself? The, as I understand it, the Tibetan uh, definition of meditation is to become familiar with oneself. And then mm. the Sanskrit, as I understand it, is to cultivate oneself. And somewhere in between the both of those, between who am I currently in this moment in time, who am I? Not who I project myself to be, who I think I'm supposed to be for the people in my life, my friends, my family, my external ideas that society has kind of preordained that I'm supposed to be, but who am I truly? And, you know, maybe that's sadness, maybe that's grief, maybe that's fear uh, in terms of what's in the way, as you mentioned, releasing, like what's in the way to ultimately cultivate or become familiar with who am I on a soul level? And much like how you pointed out with Joe Dispenza, his entire thing, like I'm reading his book, it's sitting on my my shelf right now. I'm actually reading it. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm. And the entire principle is how do we how do we break the habit of our old self in order to create a new one? Totally. And so can I jump in now jump with in. that? So the next part of that I wanted to talk about with my meditation, so there's the beginning with the breath and then connecting the hemispheres of the brain. And then we go through the body, connecting the body. What we're really doing is opening up our cells to hearing what we have to say. Mm. And that means that there is a new kind of new message we would like our body to hear. And what is that message? What is the intention what what is what is what do we desire if if we're religious what do we want other people to pray for us about if we're spiritual what would we like to embody like this is the thing that that kind of like 
we are not our old selves, but we have to acknowledge that there was an old story, a narrative that we continue to tell and believe that carried on until this moment of like, we've opened up and we're now inviting this new intention in. And so mm. with that, the, the cells, the old story dies off with the old cells. Once those cells have, have been meta- re-metabolized, that story is gone. And that's like a part of the meditation, regardless of if I talk about it or not, during the meditation, the body is ha- it's happening to the body because I can, I'm communicating with it. And so normally in my sessions, I will say that. And the thing about who we think we are is never who we really are. <laughs> because we really are like pure like consciousness, like I would say God, we are expression of God. Literally when we allow the energy to move in us, like this is something I heard recently um, from a woman named Freya Cowan Mm -hmm. uh, through, through my partner who reached out to her and did a little coaching with her. And she said that God is the animating force. It is the hand that comes inside of the glove and the glove and this experience is the magic. And we experience magic on a daily basis because the table in front of you, the phone, our bodies, like everything that's happening here is magic. But the animating force, the energy that's moving through is God. And so it is the unity consciousness. Mm -hmm. But our individualized experience makes it unique and individual. And that is who we are. We are our own unique expression of this amazing energy that is contracting and expanding. And that's like... It's true in Buddhism, it's true in Hinduism that they, in Hinduism they call it it, you know, it instead of God. They say it or that. <laughs> and in Buddhism they call it like the energy. It's this force. It's this force that's moving. And so like I'm just connecting all of these pieces and I'm saying, okay, if this force is intelligent and we also have a free will with how we relate to it, the free will is really the lens in which we view it. You know, so it's the filter of our experience, the filter of our experience. And so we actually, when we look in the mirror, we either see what we think we should be or are not being or what we think we are and what we're experiencing. So like, it's like (laughs) one of the two. And then if, when you surrender, it kind of breaks the the veil of those that dichotomy of that duality. It's like I am external or I am internal, but it but the reality is that you're neither. You're an expression that's moving in and out of both of those places, constantly, like always changing. And I've just in meditation and in doing spiritual healing with with other people who who are channels for that and 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 doing self-work and all this stuff that I've been just working on myself and working on myself and working on myself and working on myself. But I'm really just like trying to figure out how to love myself and become more attuned to who, like be my friend, my own friend, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And so like your signature, your energetic signature, this individuality that, that is not a definition of you it is an expression of you because if we define who we are we are limiting who we are right so i guess like to answer your question what is that what is that and i want to say that we have it it is us not as an identity but as an expression 
Because when we give ourselves identity, we limit the expression. Because our human minds are not comprehending everything. Because if we would, we'd be tripping DMT all the time, just like <laughs> seeing everything that's happening, just like, you know? And we can do that by getting into these states and doing breath work and like doing plant medicine. And that, it's all great. But like when you leave your body, you're leaving this experience, mm-hmm. you know? So like this experience is really why we're here. Like how, what, how, how much more magical could it get? Um, yeah. Yeah. So if I may, <clears throat> there's two things I wanted to circle back to, because this is something that I've been ongoingly working with on myself, which is the concept of surrender. So you mentioned two selves, one of them being, I believe, uh, who we project ourselves to be. And then what was the other one you were pointing up to? Um, so it's like, we project ourselves to be like who we see and reflect ourselves in, in, in the external world. And then uh-huh. what our expression is, what's coming through us, you mm-hmm. know, in the mirror, we see, we either see t- one of two things, you know, we see that expression or we see the, the thing that we think we are right but even Mm -hmm. our seeing our expression is a lens in and of itself so like we're never really seeing our true selves unless we tune into the feeling you know and that feeling it is really seeing it i guess that makes more sense in my head so would you say that then the surrender piece my question is is what is surrender? Because as a concept, that's one of those things that I personally struggle with in my own journey is, okay, like surrender to me at this point has become this embodiment of, okay, this is this is what I'm feeling, but what does an actual practice of surrender look like? Because I'm sure that I'm not the only person whom, you know, for example, I relate to myself as being someone who's pretty heady most of the time, very cerebral, very analytical, very in that conscious mind. I want I want the science. I want the... Uh, not that I don't trust like the spiritual metaphysical. It's that I like to be able to understand it and explain it back to somebody. That's what it is. I want to be able to just provide somebody something other than, oh, surrender. It's like, yeah, but what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to really surrender? Like, what does this look like in practice? And and how does one cultivate that? Because if you're like me, you spend so much time up top, it doesn't even occur to you that there's something connected to you beneath your chin. And what that's actually feeling like, what that feels like when you eat certain foods or when you experience certain emotions. For me, I know that I have, I have so de- un, not even deliberately, unconsciously, like program myself to not be in tune with my feelings and my emotions. That I've really had to start doing the work around that. I've started doing meditation. I do yoga meditation pretty much every single day. Uh, breath work is one that I haven't gone to into as much. Which is just something I actually want to talk to you about. Uh, that'll be another sticking point. I want to focus on, but how does one cultivate that level of surrender as a practice and be able to embody themselves more? Because as you're mentioning that this, these feelings of the body, being able to go past the heartbeat, past all of the different automatic, I believe, autonomic functions of the body that are occurring even without us to really get to as you pointed out, this like cranial sacral fluid. I actually have a cranial sacral therapist now, and almost all of our work is focused on tuning into and grounding into the body to experience what's there, to release it, to create space for what is new. That is what surrender really is for me. Surrender is being able to say 
what I'm experiencing right now is what I am supposed to be experiencing right now. Whether it's me battling with one, having one idea be or the other, do I do this or do I do that? It's okay. That experience is supposed to be happening and I will eventually come to a decision, you know? But like surrendering to it, like, but I wanted to do this, but this is coming through really strong right now. You know, it's like, but I thought I should do this, but I think this is coming through really strong right now. And it's like, the thing that's coming through really strong is usually the thing that needs your attention the most, right? And so surrendering for me is being able to allow myself to draw my attention to the things that are asking of it. And this is the dance. This is the, the like cosmic breath. This is the tuning in and tapping into what is flow versus what I think I need to do. You know, this is where my, I get super cerebral about shit. (laughs) I do. I think about stuff like, and and I rotate it through and I rotate it through. And no matter how many times I fucking rotate it through, I'm seeing it the same and it's not changing. I'm like, why is it not changing? I need it. I need my perspective to be different. And it's like, why do I need my perspective to be different? Oh, I'm not breathing. I'm not paying attention to my body. I'm not paying attention to the signs. Like, Literally, everything that's happening in your body right now, if you tune in just for a second, is giving you little cues. And so like right now in this conversation, what I'm feeling is like little like explosions of electricity in my upper back and my spinal cord. And I feel like this lightness above my, above my eyes. And I feel this kind of like draw. I feel like energies are literally flowing like up through the base of my spine and out my mouth. <laughs> And so I'm like tuning into that, which means I feel like I'm in flow. I feel like I'm in flow as I can say right now, I'm in flow state. And the faux state, which I have coined, is the state where... Flow versus faux. Right. The (laughs) faux state is, is when you think you need to be doing something other than what you're doing. It, it's literally separating you from from this beautiful presence. And what I said in the beginning was presence is this ecstatic love, this like, oh yeah, I forgot, you know? It's like, oh shit, this is how it feels to be really present, you know? And, and when you're in the faux state, it's like, I think that I'm getting all this shit done, but I'm really not paying attention at all. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to funnel my attention into a place that I think needs it. But it's, it's the, I guess the difference is like one feels like a struggle and one doesn't. You know, one feels like uh, this might, I might have a little resistance to this because I don't want to, you know. But another one is like, I'm actually trying. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm encountering roadblocks and I'm encountering like doubts and I'm encountering negative emotions. And when you're in that place, you're kind of wading through like gelatin, you know, you're like, this is so <laughs> like, this is strenuous, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like, sometimes when we're working out, like we p- are pushing our own boundaries and we're like expanding beyond that. But other times we feel like we're actually 
like flowing. Like it doesn't matter how much we're like contracting our muscles or like doing these exercises, we actually feel like alive and, and vibrating, you know? And there's a difference between like really like working against yourself when you start to feel tired and then when you actually are getting more and more energy from what you're doing. And I think that's the surrender. I'm going to circle back around. Like surrender is paying attention to the things that are asking for it and allowing yourself to be okay with where you are. Just saying, it's okay where I am right now. It's okay that I'm having these feelings right now. Like just the other day, I went down the rabbit hole, okay? And what people do when they go down the rabbit hole is they... they dive into YouTube research and like watch all, read all this shit and do all this research and like Netflix. Oh yeah. That if you're look like, so I, for years I've been like connected to, um, you know, the, just focusing on, I mean, not focusing on, but I mean, I was focusing on it <laughs> and, and it, a little bit of like resistance to the people who are in charge of our country and the people who are like, like deciding what is right for the humans in the United States and the beings in, in the world. And I'm like kind of a, a rebel, a rebel, you know, because I want people to experience love and joy and all this fear and bullshit bullshit is like not what I want. And so I dove really deep into that on Sunday and I was just feeling drained and it was like oh this is something that i feel like i need to be focused on because it's fascinating me but like literally i was supposed to focus on it until i started getting drained like i was called it felt good to be doing it until i started to feel like uh like as soon as you go like like kind of like a uh, like it's like a your body starts to close up you notice this your body starts to close up your posture starts to go away you start to Mm -hmm. like go into this place of stress where your knees come up and you're like uh, and your your breaths are shallow you know what i mean yeah and it's like that place is like once once we've kind of gone too far down one road but the, the reality is that there's no bad. It's not bad that you did that. It's just like, oh, let me notice that I did that and I want to do it different next time because I don't want to feel drained. I don't want to feel anxiety about what I was studying or researching and I don't want to feel like sad or like, oh, what the fuck is happening? I want to feel like I have a mission now. My mission is to manifest the best possible reality for whatever I was focusing on and for me in my life. Like, we I feel like, like Abraham Hicks would say, daydream. Like our our job is to daydream because when we daydream, we create an amazing reality for ourselves and for everybody else. And so when we're tuning into what we need uh, as a person just to satiate our, our desires, we are surrendering. We are surrendering and we're helping the collective surrender. It's like, you feel that, you know, you felt that it was like, like it's a resonance and it's like moving up and down my spine and like kind of curling over my brain and going over my eyes and coming back down and going out my root. I can feel this. It's like amazing, you know, but I, I, I'm noticing that I'm starting to go a little bit too far in the rambling way. So I'm going to bring myself back and just Mm -hmm. say that was my 
ex, like extra long explanation of surrender. But surrender is really paying attention to the things that are asking for you to until it starts to become arduous. And at that point, it's time to shift focus. Hmm. Is that something that like in regular day activity is so like, how does one manage that and also manage the inevitable reality of the everyday world outside of, you know, obviously our current circumstances, like people have jobs, people got to take care of their bills. People have to manage all the things that they have to manage. How do you stay on top of, well, this doesn't feel right anymore. I should stop this. And well, I got to do this because I have to work and I have to pay my bills. So it's like, is there a segregated time where you say, this is where I'm going to choose to really feel into what I've been kind of dodging all day or how do, how do we really accompany that? Because it seems like like it's a really good running philosophy, but how does it look in practice for like the everyday user when you know they're not necessarily sitting at home with extra time on their hands, maybe watching Netflix or watching a couple right. of extra Instagram videos or hanging out on Facebook Live, whatever it is. Like, how do we really embody that on a regular day to day basis? So, in my experience, um, and from learning from my partner Kim, who is just a, such a magical, like shaman woman, she is an ancient medicine woman, <laughs> manifested in an Amazonian Amazonian body, where she's just like this huge, like super tall woman, just like super strong, ripped, very masculine in the way that she like organizes and and delegates, and like she's just like on it and she's practiced for a long time like she's 12 years older than me and i'm like seeing myself as equal to her has been a difficult thing but as i've become more aware that i am i am i am equal and i'm not in competition and that i'm open to learning from her and not rebelling against what she's had to offer me i've been able <laughs> to kind of allow, allow this um this knowledge to come through and this wisdom to come through and so what i'm hearing um the way that we can integrate this if we're just like constantly on the grind and doing these things because we have to it becomes more of a mood independent behavior and i have resistance to saying that but the the reality is like it would feel better if we weren't concerned about this one thing while we were doing our day. If we're working and we just need to focus on work and we're trying and we have this one thing that's been bothering us all day, giving that thing attention would be what we need. But in the mm -hmm. in the moment, is it what we need? Because more suffering comes out of like leaving what we're supposed, what we feel like or what we've already created momentum for, we must continue. We can't stop the train that's going 80 miles an hour. You know, the train has to slow down. And so we can set an intention for ourselves. Say, I would like to experience, I would like to have some time to deal with this later. I would like to be able to feel into this and to move through it and to give it the attention it needs at another time. You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, if we don't have that time, like it's important for us to make it in the moment, you know, like, and this is something else that, that comes across, like what is true surrender and surrender is also being radically proactive. And that's a, a term coined radical proactivism radical by my proactive. friend, by my friend, Vali Nashat. And he's, he said, I just recently was given this term 
just came to me, radical proactivism. Whenever you have an idea of something, you do whatever you can about it in that instant. You do, or, or if it's an idea that you can do in that moment, you do it right away. And so if you're working and you're like, oh, this thing's been just bugging the shit out of me, stop for a second. You can give yourself fucking five minutes. And if you can't, if you can't, if you literally can't, you say, what I, my motion is my meditation. I need to be focused on this and I will feel better. And then I can come back to, I can circle back around. Because if we're separating ourselves, we're actually thinking about, I need to be doing this. And you're taking your consciousness and you're taking it out of yourself and you're trying to, it's, it's hard. It's like elastic. You're like, I need to be thinking about this stuff. But it's like, no, I'm here now. I need to be here now. And you're like, I need to be thinking about, or I'm thinking about the past. And it's like hard, you know, it's, it's difficult. But if we can, surrender is like being able to just be where you are and be okay with where you're at. And like coming, circling back around to that, it's like, if we need time to deal with some shit, but we're in the middle of doing something, being, calling yourself to presence and ask, you can ask for help. Say, I would like to feel, to be present in this moment. And we're talking to our, ourselves and we're speaking to the, the part of us that's like, nee, 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 but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? And I make that face because it's annoying when I hear that. But now it's been <laughs> now more, more often it's been like, Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And I'm like, I can either go, fuck, I forgot about that. Or, or I can be like, Oh, okay let me write that down or let me send this text or let me um, leave myself a voice message, you know, let me, or I need to to focus on that later. I'm going to write that down, you know, like just Mm -hmm. kind of like, this is, this is the being really present is the surrender, you know? And it's, if we're trying to be super present, it's not a surrender because we're actually we're thinking about the future and trying to bring that into the now. And it's like, that's stressful. That's, that's carrying the weight of the world. You know, like you, you think you need to be doing so much more than you're doing now. And the reality is you're exactly where you need to be. Even if you're impatient as fuck, because it's important for you to just kind of let what's happening happen. And know you're on a path and you're on a mission. So you're going to do that. But right now, what can you do about it? You know, what can you do right now? If there's nothing you can do about it right now in this moment, it's, it's, it's not something that's, that, that is asking for your attention. It's distracting you. Hmm. I heard something, I think it's actually Joe Dispenza said that flow is the space between intention and surrender, which it sounds like in essence what we're doing, which is intention as I understand is like having this clear idea of this is what it is that I'd like to create. So for me, for example, even in this moment, I'm noticing points where like my, my presence is trailing off. And as you're talking about, you know, don't judge it, don't judge. I'm just like, it's wanting to judge itself. It's like, we're not fully here. I'm, I'm not fully here, but I'm intending for presence. It's, it's holding on to, would you say like holding on to that intention of, you know what, like I really am uh, intending on in presence at the same time, what I'm surrendering to is the fact that there's something in the way of that, or there is a, there is a piece that's not present. 
And me resisting that only creates a further gap. If I have, you know, both my hands in front of me, if the left is my intention, which is presence, but the right is my current circumstance, right? Where I am right now versus where I want to be. When I resist it, it's almost like I put more of a gap between my intention and where I am at currently versus if I say, you know what, like I'm not as fully present as I can be in this moment. And I don't need to question why I just need to notice that it's there. Do you think that there's some degree of like the flow is when your intention and your surrender now matches one and now they are cohesively working together in this harmonious uh, energy where now you're not working up against the stream, but you're actually flowing with the stream. You are of the stream. Now you are the stream versus Mm -hmm. feeling separate from the stream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, and yes. And even while you were saying that, my attention started to trail off and, and think about my face in the little corner of the screen and the yogurt <laughs> that I was eating. And I was just like, come back to presence. Don't judge yourself, you know? And you're saying that literally as I'm thinking it. And so we're connected, <laughs> you know? And um, that happened during our meditation too, where, I, where you set an intention and I spoke it and it was pretty much the same shit. It's just like It was our, the same shit. <laughs> it was just our like... But individual interpretation, translation of what is coming through. So <laughs> we yeah. said presence, and what did we say? We said presence, and and to be a channel. I said in my head, I said I want to channel presence, and you said something more ornate. It was just like I want to be a completely open channel and cultivate this strong sense of presence. I was like, you just said in 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 a more ornate version what I just said in my head, and here we are now. We're talking about this part of presence, and and it's it's kind of floating away and being a channel at some points, but then not in others. It's just like this interesting little dance where you're kind of in your zone of genius, but then all of a sudden you're on this awkward outside, and it's like being able to have compassion for when you're not that, but also being able to like fully surrender when it's there and not you know draw too much attention to it, but just be it and, and really be with that experience. Uh, it's it's this funny little paradox, it seems at times. Totally. Um, yeah, it is a funny little paradox because we presence definitely channeling and being present and experience of. Are you still there? With, you were there with me. Yep. You disappeared for a second. I did that to flatten out the curve. Yeah. In terms the, of this the awareness, our. our Right. <laughs> Our awareness is, is presence, you know? And so wherever our attention is, it determines whether we're present or not. Because mm, where energy go, where attention goes, energy goes. Right. And so if, our, if, if we're directing our own supply of energy onto something, it feels almost like not being present you know, but if the energy Mm. is coming through with, with our awareness, it feels like we're present. Does that make sense? I mean, it does. It does. It makes sense to me because the thing that showed up in my space was I noticed this about myself and it's something that I'm actively working on is, and I think that the podcast is such a great place for me to practice this is when I listen to somebody for extended periods of time without any input, it's difficult for me to like gather myself and to be fully present at all times. But when it's more like the way that I, I really like to create an analogy of it is 
when conversations are more ping pong like, where I hit a ball and then you like and you sing it and you send it back and, and it comes like this back and forth game where you you know you and the other person are sending ideas like that's usually the thing that allows me to get into this flow state because now we're 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 meshing and molding energy. The thing where my energy trails off sometimes is when I'm like listening to someone intently for an extended period of time. It can be easy to like retreat back into the the labyrinth or the chasm that is my, my thoughts and, and get lost. I'm like, Oh, where's that one going? And Oh, there's that one saying there I am not being present again. And it's, <laughs> it's this funny little thing and then mastering that to truly master what it is to listen, mm-hmm. not just to one another as we're talking, but to listen to our bodies, to listen to, uh, listening so much so that you can hear and i've mentioned this before but you can hear everything that's being said and everything that's not being said in the void the sound of silence as i heard the rendition done by disturbed is the sound of silence what is there what is as you mentioned the the energy of the universe being the thing that animates the glove how do we become more present with that presencing energy? If say our body is the the glove, it's the physical expression of this infinite innate potential that is, in my true belief, is inherent in every single human being when they are born. And at some point, we lose or we we so to speak, we fall out of the grace of God. But really my relationship to that now is to be of God or of God consciousness or anything is to just remember and to become familiar with bringing that back to the beginning of the conversation of what the nature of that is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I almost wanted to just like start speaking, but I wanted to just let that sit in because it's so real um, that 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 is true surrender and that I feel like is our purpose you know the reason we come here is because is to experience this like forget forgetfulness and to remember and how amazing it is to remember <laughs> you know and like slowly and slowly and the work is never done you know like even it's a master even the master is not a master even the master in there could be another master that is even beyond the rankings of him, you know, but in our eyes, 10,000 hours makes you a master. So I'm a fucking master handpan player, but I know there are other handpan players that have spent even more time playing handpan. And so what the fuck do I know is actually I'm, I teach it. So I do help people who start at, ground zero and work up you know but the work is never done there is always more expansion to be done and so the reality is that that letting go of uh, this competitive mind state about it is that that nobody can be better than you or rather that that everybody is until you have a sense of that you're exactly where you need to be and it doesn't matter where everybody else is on their journey because you're you you fit right where you're supposed to you know and the, the surrendering to that animate 
presence um, is in fact allowing ourselves to be is in fact you know doing what we've you know we create momentum in different places in our life following that momentum but also allowing ourselves to be there and if we want that to change we can change that too but it takes a little bit of time and compassion for ourselves and compassion recently looked up the definition of compassion and it's just like (laughs) don't like it at all it's like the, the, (laughs) the definition of compassion um that the the dictionary says is like to acknowledge to um be in suffering with, with another i thought that was i don't that would sound closer to me like empathy like i feel your pain i understand that but it's like the definition of compassion is sim- more similar to that than than you'd think but my definition of compassion i'm like rewriting a lot of I've been saying this for years and years. Rewrite the definitions of your words because if the words don't trigger a negative thought pattern in you, then you have power over over your external world. You know, like the or at least the influences that are coming to you, you have more um, say over how they influence you. If you you choose your definition and you choose. Shit the meaning of, of things. Yeah. So I've been doing this for like a long time since my spiritual, since a little, maybe before my spiritual awakening, but so compassion for me is loving myself and allowing myself to be okay with where others are at and love them where they're at too. So loving me wherever I'm at and loving other people where they're at, that's compassion to me. Like, I don't want to be, suffering with somebody else that sounds shitty <laughs> that sounds codependent as fuck i don't want to be i don't want to do that like and that to me that feels like empathy too but empathy is actually being able to understand where somebody is coming from you don't have to be on the vibration but you can understand you know you can understand their struggle the, how they've gotten themselves into this loop because we've gotten into loops. It doesn't have to be the same exact experience. And in therapy, they taught me, you can never say I understand because you will never understand how somebody else feels. And I can tell that to as many people as I want when they're looking for some, some fucking empathy, somebody to just allow them to feel how they're feeling and hold space for them. But that's not going to help. You think if I tell somebody, I'm never going to be able to understand how you feel. <laughs> Just going to fucking support them? No. No. You know, like, I, empathy, and it's in my, my definition, is like, what how can i just be present for this person when they're Mm. in this place knowing full well that i've been there before maybe not experiencing the same experience because none of us have the same experience but knowing that like if i put myself in the theoretical shoes not the literal shoes because i i can't do that 
theoretical shoes is like, I have definitely been in the place where I've felt shitty. I've definitely been in a place where I've felt lost. I've definitely been in a place where I felt uncomfortable to the point of wanting to give up. And I can be empathetic in that regard saying, I know that there's a light on the other side, but I'm not going to try and shove that light down anybody's throat, especially not by telling them I'm never going to (laughs) understand how you feel. Yeah. So, um, I think we're, I'm trailing off a little bit, but I think it's important for that to come through. So I just want to, yeah, yeah. Come back to this and that being present with ourselves, we have, we need to have compassion for ourselves. The new definition of compassion, loving, no matter what state we are in, loving, no matter what state they are in. You know, I hadn't. I'm very on board with the whole words have energy to them. However, the energy that they have are based off of how we relate to them. I'm a full believer that every single thing in life, how it affects us depends on how we relate to us. Mm. So for example, uh, growing up, I had multiple times been called uh, a spick. And at that time, that word had a lot of weight. Mm. It had a lot of dense energy to it. And if somebody were to say that, it would actually trigger Mm. an emotional reaction within myself. Now, I have the awareness now in my life to to that extent where if something like that were to trigger something inside of me, if I were really on top of it, which I tried to be, I have the awareness to know that that's how I feel. And that the only, the only way that something outside of me can affect me inside of me is if that thing already exists inside of me, whether that's a perceived sense of not feeling good enough or not worthy, or maybe I, you know, I believe something about that and within myself, because if it's not in me, it can't affect me. I believe that that's how I kind of adhere to it. So when you said, I'm changing the definition of compassion. I realized that one of the words that usually triggers something in me and in hindsight now is when somebody calls me naive. I've almost exclusively had a negative relationship to that word because normally the context is you don't know what you're talking about. You're just naive. Yeah. And to me, it's such like a condescending way yeah. to approach somebody. It's not, oh, okay, I got that. Like maybe you haven't looked at it from this perspective or maybe you haven't been down, you know, this particular path or, you know, maybe you're still early on in your journey, which to me is a much more loving way to say that. But if I were to really get that beyond myself about the word naive, because naive doesn't affect most people that way, or maybe not most people, but it doesn't affect everyone that way, which means not everyone. Okay. You got that too. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to interrupt you, but Oh, like it's, it's just one of those words. It's like when someone's like, oh, you're naive, you don't have experience, like that type of thing. It's always kind of been like taking a knife to the heart. But if, and I do believe this, if I have a choice in how I'm going to choose how to respond internally, like, yeah, sure, it takes work. But being able to get to such an unmessable place, or it's like the word is becoming completely, totally unfuckwithable to the point where you could look me dead in my face with the anger of 10,000 sons and say, you're a naive piece of shit. And I could look at you and smile at you. And from the deepest loving heart, the deepest loving place in my heart, 
bring compassion and know that, you know what, there might just be something inside of this person that's left unmended to. And I don't have to act out that wound because I know that hurt people hurt people. And I can just continue to love myself and know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And I can redefine naive for myself. Shit, like even this moment, like how could I redefine naive in a way that empowers me versus disempowers me? Because talking about being present, like to me, that's what I want to cultivate more of in my life is this ridiculous amount of presence that not a single thing gets past me. Nothing, absolutely nothing gets past me. I'm so present with everything that I can in the heat of any moment, if someone were to drop that word on me, what commonly would occur is now my listening is gone. I can't hear anything else you've said to me. You could be saying the most enlightening thing on the planet about how we're good. Like I have the solution to everything to, to return to God said, I have everything. But if you start off by saying you're naive, let me teach you the way. I can't even hear you. My listening is no longer with you whatsoever. But to redefine that, that if someone calls me naive, maybe what they're, you know, the way I can interpret it, because it's all based off how we interpret it, maybe naive means there's more for you in your journey to learn. Yeah. Mm. Two things. Um, we experience our world based on our beliefs. And so mm-hmm. if inside the only reason anybody would walk up to you and say the thing that they said to you is because at in a in a deep place you believe a smidgen of that that you, mm-hmm. you devalue yourself a little bit inside. And so that's the only reason that comes out. And so you being able to transmute that in the moment and say, you know, actually, no, this means, this means to me that I have more to learn. That is healing. And so that's the reason people heal is the same reason people have trigger words. Or the, is the reason for... The reason people heal is because of trigger words. If somebody gets triggered, it's because there's healing there to be done. Mm, your triggers are your lessons. I've been saying that for so long. Yeah. And two, I mean, I, I may have lost this other thing that I wanted to say, but the reality of, of, of what, that, that people are pure reflections. And, and I think it's just more of the same of what, what was before, you know, we believe this at our core. And so then it comes to us, you know, redefining the word is the healing process. So that, that, that's it. The first part is, is that we experience negativity from other people and triggers because we believe what they're saying. We're mm. so angry. We are so angry and upset to hear what they say because it resonates with us. And we don't like that because it's not true. But we believe it even though it's not true. And so it hurts. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh, and the healing aspect of it, part two, is the healing of it. And that's the redefinition. How can we redefine and then remember and remind ourselves over and over again until it's second nature 
that we don't even encounter those experiences because once you become, <laughs> once you have healed that, nobody will ever tell you that you're naive ever. Once you, once you have value for yourself and know that, that you are, you are equal to all other beings, no one will ever say anything that could devalue you. It just won't come into your field because that's how the quantum field fucking works. You know, we fine tune the little parts of ourselves that where we have holes or we have weaknesses and we, we realize that, that that weakness is, is literally, we are a, this is a cool, this is a cool metaphor. We are a spaceship and we have so much pressure and we're flying through space. And if there's a hole, it's literally sucking the atmosphere in, sucking as much of it it can in, in that place. But that's why it's calling our attention. You know, these things are, are asking for our attention and our awareness, because as soon as we patch that hole, as soon as we make a new part of that ship, that's like totally functioning, we don't experience that sensation of losing oxygen or, or having crazy shit fly into our spaceship that we didn't expect. <laughs> Some real Rick and Morty stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that feels really good. Yeah. Mm, and this then, feels so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, I've felt a lot more grounding throughout this entire conversation. Actually, something that I'm going to be taking with me, one, is that redefinition for sure, is playing more with the words and bringing more awareness to what are the words that trigger me and not necessarily having to go into the why, just being present with them. As you mentioned, a lot of this is showing me, be present with it, be present with it, don't judge it, observe it, observe it, observe it. And... <clears throat> All of this pointing at, much like how we mentioned even before we got on this, you started this conversation, that this is all about inherently remembering who we truly are. Because when you mentioned the, the aspect of being able to remove, it's almost like we have we have pins in our body. And if somebody pokes that pin, it's a, it's a trigger, right? It's like, Ooh, that one hurt. And it's like, we're going through the process of removing all these, but the analogy that came in my head was like these chinks in the armor. We're trying to go through and, and heal all these wounds. And we're like rebuffering, you know, our armor and making it look all good. But then when you truly get to this space of nothingness, what you realize is that you only put that armor up to protect you in the first place. And you don't need to protect yourself. You just need to love. Because when nothing else is present except love, we don't feel the need to put up our guard. We don't feel the need to outwardly project our own fears, perceived inadequacies, self-limiting beliefs, our hurt that never was dealt with out onto others because we become so highly present to the fact that that which I put out to some degree is a reflection within myself that I haven't truly come to peace with. And you and I both, such a perfect alignment, where before this we were talking about 
sanctuaries. And what was yeah. that beautiful word that you said, this, this beautiful space that you're creating? What was, what was the name of it? Um, it's called Nijoni. Nijoni. Yeah. And it is the harmony within. It is the balance within. It's um, within and, and out. So when you have harmony within, you, you experience harmony outside too. Mm-hmm. Because this is another thing, a part of my meditation, I like how it's kind of linking together, that I say is that <laughs> each one of those trillions of cells in your body is 100% of, in support of everything that you do and everything that you desire. And they are a pure reflection of the world outside of you in the trillions of beings that exist in third density or fourth density, like whether they're inanimate object, whether it's the earth or the life forms on the planet or you know other humans, they are in full support of you, regardless of what you think. <laughs> regardless of your projection or lens that you're looking through this world is always working to achieve balance and homeostasis um so nejoni is a place where you can find sanctuary and uh if you're seeking balance if you're seeking your inner harmony this is a place where you can find that if you wanting to train in any field, this is a place where you can find that. I feel like the new paradigm of communities is these these places that where in the very beginning process of creating, it is a co-creation and a lesson. So you you actually have people paying for classes to learn how to start this company while you're starting it. And you have people, well, I would say paying and training. So I, I don't know what the future of money is. I know that it current, currently is a lubricant in my fabric of manifestation. <laughs> and, and that I don't know what the future is of that, but I know that people will be taking these classes and courses while this creation process happens. So when everything becomes... When everything becomes, it also becomes a learning experience. And I feel like that's a new way. Like, we're not just training people on fake shit. We're not training people in facilities where they're not having their hands on the work that they're, that they're going to do. They're literally mm. dropped into it and get to witness it happening real time. Mm. So there are professionals and and elders and these people masters that are working on this project and the other people who are learning get to be a part of it and are double checked, triple checked, quadruple checked by these masters and these elders on their proficiency. And if these people really want to learn this, that's why it becomes an amazing process because as this whole center, as this sanctuary is created, we're actually creating many sanctuaries because these people are learning all of this. It, whether it's business, whether it's the building, whether it's the workshops, whether it's the, you know, permaculture or the farm or whatever, you know, and like that, that was my great idea for this place called Everland that came to me while we were doing a mastermind. I was like, you need to, everything that happens for this place needs to be a class that people take. Whether you guys are sitting in a round table talking about where the funding is coming from, getting investors, that needs to be a class. 
Mm. People need to be sitting in on it and they'll be, they'll be donating to the, the cause and, and funding it because they're learning. And it, and it doesn't need to be an intern process. I feel like interns are working for free and you, I would much rather call myself a student, you know, cause I'm paying to be there. You know what I mean? Or not, you know, like somebody brings me on as a, as a student. I, I want to know that, that my time is, is, is not just spent building somebody else's dream, but somebody's teaching me how to build my dream, you know? Mm. It's more like uh, an apprenticeship role. It's apprenticeship. As as Joe Dispenza talks about, it's going from knowledge to experience to wisdom, from thinking it to feeling it to knowing it, and being able to learn something through observation and role modeling begins to install that neurological hardware in our brain. But when we can immediately go from here's what we're learning to here's what we're doing, I think that that's one of the fatal flaws of our traditional education system. Is so much of it is theory and practice, and it's to me, it's the equivalent of taking a kid, putting them in a batting cage for 18 years of their life, saying one day we're going to throw you out onto the uh, onto the field and you're going to go take your first at bat one day. And when that time comes around, you realize that you actually fucking hate baseball and <laughs> you don't want to play anymore. You actually want to do something completely different. And sure, you probably learned some skills if you're really aware that you can take and apply across various platforms. But we spend so much time waiting and waiting and waiting versus how do I take this thing that I learned and put it immediately into application? That's one thing that I'm wanting to figure out how to implement into this podcast is, you know, we can talk for an hour, hour and a half, but if it doesn't lead to some kind of measurable change in somebody's life, I feel like I haven't done my job well in that people need to get that. This isn't just supposed to be just like, Oh, just listen to two people talking, whatever, share some cool ideas. All right, cool. Oh, that was a good idea, but insight's not enough breakthrough by definition requires action in order to break through this veil you have to take action you have to take what you're learning and apply it and much like in this format that you're discussing it's we're building the bridge as we're walking across it and we're also teaching other people how to walk across that bridge as well because they are inherently going to need this yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah building the bridge to walk across this this obstacle because we know that we want to be on the other side and it takes a bridge to get there. And we can either, we can do one of two paths. If we're the building of the bridge type, we build the fucking bridge and we teach people how to do it while we're doing it, which allows other people to build the other, the bridges in other places. Mm. And, or we are the, the type that, you know, that that's a masculine type. And then there's the feminine type, which is like walking down the river until we get to the place where the rocks allow us to go across. And like, you know, I'm okay with either because they take the same amount of time and they take the same amount of effort and energy and different people are equated for different types of things. But also if the water is too high, the women or not the women, but the feminine, the feminine go across the bridge that the masculine built, but the feminine are the ones that tell the people and help the people believe that it's safe on the other side to cross with them. So it's like this huge balance of the masculine and feminine thing. Like they can both do that thing and they both take the same amount of time, but actually crossing takes both. 
because it takes it takes the masculine when they do follow the river down and, and crossing the rocks to make sure that everybody has their footing and knows which rocks to step on because the, the men will go first but it's like or the masculine right the masculine i'm just talking about this in the form of like it's it's the same it's a balance it's in everybody nobody's either masculine or feminine you and i inherently are both like we have feminine energy in nature so it's just like it's it's not man versus female like i have right. i know i have no. a lot of strong feminine energy in me anybody knows that i have this very like feminine presence of energy but i also have a masculine presence as well so it, it's an totally. ebb and flow as you know yeah absolutely and we're both, we're all working on bringing it into balance right and that's happening autonomically as well um yeah um just coming back to the the having this be a value for for people um yeah i mean i wouldn't consider it a failure if if nobody learned anything from this but i'm i'm learning something from it already so i know that i am too so that at least somebody's getting something out of it you know (laughs) this is true my hope is that always those people get that just do something with this, what you're learning, like go and and implement it in your relationship, Go whether it's with yourself, whether it's with someone that you care about, if it's in your work, just pick one area. That's one thing I know myself is the analyticalness of me wants to take on the whole world at the same time. But I know that the way that I work is one thing at a time. I get overwhelmed if I'm trying to manage too many things at once and I'm not in the right headspace. Just pick one space. You know what? Like I really want to heal my relationship of self-love. Because I know that if I emanate that within, I will more effectively emanate it externally. So that's what my focus is. And that's actually true for me. So it's just how do we get it down to a science to where we can measure ourselves and continue working towards, as it seems to come back to always, is how do we become more familiar with who we are on an internal level and closing that gap? Mm. I think that that's my new role is stepping into uh, a self-love. Um, I don't know what to call it. I'm just, uh, so my channel that I created on Instagram was called self-love buffet. And yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and self-love reclamation and like, like that is, a, these are two things that, that I'm creating in the near future. One of which is this channel that just offers, you know, free, like donation-based, like information on how to take better care of ourselves. What can we integrate into routine, like a routine to start with, you know, is the self-love practice. Having something that you can come back to that's solid so you don't feel so scattered is has been something that's really helped me. And breathing and you know, self-love meditations, talking to yourself in the mirror, like being your best support coach, being your best cheerleader in the mirror, you know, like that's something that, that some people, when you look in the mirror, you're like, Ugh, I do not like who I'm looking at, you know? And it's like, that's yeah, okay too, you know? I've been there. That's okay too. But it's like that, in that point, it's like, I don't like who's in the mirror, then close your eyes and say, whoever shows up in the mirror is there to help me become who I want to be after I open my eyes and then continue, and then talk to yourself as that person. It's like, mm. that's, I had that realization like a couple weeks ago, I was meditating and having a hard time, like 
trying to like wrangle my thoughts. I was just like thought tangent, thought tangent, thought tangent, thought tangent, just like nonstop. And I felt like I was draining myself. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not trying to think about what I'm doing for the day. I'm just trying to center and ground so that I can plan for what I'm doing. Now is not the time. The time is later. And it was like, look in the mirror. It was like, get up, look in the mirror. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, you're doing a great job. I fucking love the shit out of you. (laughs) I will never abandon you. I'm always on your side. I'm always here to support you. I'm, I'm always here just like ready to do whatever we need to do to, to move to the next step of, of being the best selves that we can be. How can we be the best selves today? What are we going to do today? What are we going to do in a month? What are we going to do in three months? What are we going to do in six months? How about a year? How fucking exciting is that? I'm so exciting. You know, it's like, <laughs> like that, that, these are some, some of the things that I will be talking about um, in the self-love buffet. And just, uh, and the self-love reclamation is actually going to be a month like a four to six week pro, uh, process. Um, there's actually a small one day, six hour webinar where I invite people who would like to teach a workshop over the course of a of an hour and a half or so, uh, or an hour to an hour and a half. And then um, that's a one day self-love transformation. And that workshop's coming up at the end of April. And then it will also lead into a month and a half of you get one workshop a week with a practitioner where you're learning how to take better care, not better care of yourself, but a self-love practice like organization, like like deep reflection, like presence, like awareness, like all of these things, like a deep dive into it. And it's all going to be virtual, which is so crazy and weird, but it's so awesome that I'm, I'm like, have this idea and yeah and then you'll be able to with the one day work with the one day webinar you'll be able to have a 30 minute call with with whatever coach you decide or whatever facilitator you you want to have a 30 minute call with they'll facilitate a call with you and tell you ask answer any questions and and help you get right on the path to living your best life. And then in this six week process, it's actually, you get a call with, with each coach once a week. Mm. So it's like, whenever you feel like you need it, they're there, but you have the workshop at the end of the week and you fill out these worksheets and you, and our team is, is making sure that your headspace is right, that you're taken care of, that you're eating food, that you have money for food. And like, if that's even a thing, Or like, it's just like making sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure you're on top of it, you know, like all these worksheets, like, and processes are there to basically just guide people back onto the place of, am I taking care of myself? You know, because when we, when we start to drift off, we are abandoning ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way when we start to feel shitty or talk shit to ourselves in our heads, we're abandoning ourselves you know and that feels shitty too i don't even like to call it that but but somebody said that to me recently it's like self-abandonment is when when we decide to have negative thoughts about ourselves and so i'm like okay that's hitting me so i'm i'm gonna resonate with that and and continue to say that until something else comes through you know yeah anyways these sent the center and these things are are geared towards self-love and, and inner harmony. And so like the more that we can replicate this and fractalize it, I think is like 
yeah, thank you for having this podcast. It's like so awesome. <laughs> so good to be asked the, the questions that like I can be a channel for and, and channel through, you know? It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be alive. And it's, it's also very synchronous because as I mentioned to you before, this, <clears throat> I, I had mentioned that I wanted this to become more than just a podcast, that really it's an opportunity to create a community, a landing space for people to come and actually had my own flavor of what you were creating. Uh, Nijon, what was it? Nijone. Nijon, I was so close. I'm going to get it. My own, my own version of Nijon. I don't have a name. It's still in its early developmental uh, stages, but the, the whole idea of having this, this sanctuary, this space for people to come and it blends all of really variety of all my favorite things, which is like the movement aspect incorporating like animal flow and like Buddha con and, and, and mixed martial arts possibly with like working out areas and spaces for like yoga and acro yoga and having this, uh, separate little area that one could hold like retreats or events and just creating the space. Oh, and also uh, I want to have like an in-house uh, chef, like just like, like food and things like that. Those like little areas for food. Cause I have a friend who's an Ayurvedic chef. Uh, I've been kind of like pitching the idea, but it's like this all encompassing place where you can come and you get what you need. You can get the physical movement. You can get the mind development. You can get the spiritual essence flowing. You get all of these juices flowing and you're doing it at the level of community. You're being able to be around a bunch of people who are committed not only to the highest versions of themselves, but to the highest version of yourself and being able to be supported and to to get love from people when when you when we falter because that's just the inevitable reality of going through you know life is we we falter we slip we fall we we get hard on ourselves we abandon ourselves i thought that was so brilliant I hadn't really taken that when you said it it resonated i was like oh man like yeah like i've abandoned myself like there are times where i just like leave myself behind but being able to have a group of people who see you and touching back on that original point of compassion as they love you exactly where you're at as this entire fall of the wolf movement. And I always try to be explicit in saying this and I'll say it a million times. It has absolutely nothing to do with following me. It has everything to do with following your inner wolf, your inner howl, your call to find who you are at a core level and be that for yourself and express that in every single direction possible to embody that in all planes and love the life that you see because it was a manifestation of your imagination. Yeah. Mm. This, um, it brings me back to what we were talking about in the beginning. And I just want to like shout out Abraham Hicks again. Like I didn't really understand the inspired action uh, part. You know, she's like, you meditate and then you have an inspiration, you know, and I was always waiting for the inspiration, but I would have all these thoughts coming through and I wouldn't see those as the inspiration. And now I know that, all of the stuff that's coming through 
is the inspiration. It's like, oh, radical proactivism kind of brings those two together. It's like, literally, if it's a thought coming through when I've been meditating, it's like, that's, that's, that's it, you know? I've spent so much time meditating and trying to figure out what to do next and having all these thoughts and being worried about this or that. And like literally, it's my consciousness coming in and being like, it's source energy coming in. It's God being like, you need to pay, give attention to this thing. This thing is going to keep coming in and give you this negative reaction until you give it love. And so creating that harmony with ourselves, not abandoning ourselves is so much a part of listening, you know, and come circling back around to that, like listening, like truly listening, not talking over our own selves and saying, well, we need to be doing this and we need to be doing that. It's like, well, what's actually needing to happen first is the thing that is causing us the most distress. <laughs> it's like, I'm worried about money, but I have to do, I have to get a computer and I have to get a, uh, this or that and this place to live and a place of this and then that. And it's like, but I need money, you know? And, and so what's the first idea that came into your head about that? Like, why don't you sit and think about that for a second? What's the first thing? I need a job. Okay. Well, what kind of job would you like to do to, to get some money? That's literally following the trail of breadcrumbs. You know, it's like you, it, it's all about your perception of what that is. If you think that working and getting money, like getting a job is a bad thing, you're not going to want to do it. But if you see it as the inspiration, it's like, I start here and it leads me here. I just have to start. <laughs> and then the flow comes, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh yeah, this is good. This is where I'm supposed to be, you know? That's how I feel now, at least because I've been listening to the small cues and not judging them and saying that they're wrong or that they're bad but knowing that each part, each thought that I'm having is supposed to have a little bit of love and attention brought to it. And if I can satisfy the needs of that thought, then maybe it changes. Because a belief is a thought we continue to think. So if that thought doesn't receive love and attention, it continues to come around the carousel in our mind. And every time mm -hmm. it comes around, we're dreading it. And then it comes around and we're like, oh, it looks so terrible, you know? And then we're like, oh, I forget about it. And then, it, oh, God, it looks terrible, you know? It's like instead of jumping on, <laughs> instead of jumping on and being like, I'm going to to love and appreciate this part, maybe paint it a different color or add on to it, put some rainbows or some sparkles <laughs> on it so that I actually enjoy seeing it when it comes around, you know? What a great fucking analogy. Like, I, I love that one. That one makes me feel really good. I'm really <laughs>
write that, that one down. Wherever that one came from, thank you. Thank you very much. You're greatly yeah, appreciated. Thanks. You are welcome back to the party anytime. My door is open to you. Open door <laughs> policy, my friend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chachi, my friend. It has been magical taking this journey with you. It has been a well, a well-deserved journey, well worth its weight and time, gold, energy, and everything in between. It'll be profoundly impactful to look at this, to review this podcast one day. We look back and all the things that we were talking about that we were working on and actively manifesting towards actually come into existence. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Cause, you know, whilst this podcast is about helping, you know, guide people back to themselves to remember who they truly are. The honest truth is I also took this journey because I felt like it would be a bigger push for me to continue to do the same for me to continue to do my work and to be an active practicer of what I am, uh, you know, air quote, so to speak, preaching and being able to lead by example and, also show people what the raw journey of it looks like as you know like it's it's not always pretty matter of fact most of it's not (laughs) in its original form it's not pretty until we start putting some rainbows and some sparkles and some some unicorns you know just rainbows flying out the unicorns but like whatever it's got to be yeah yeah exactly all of it all All of it it is worth it all of it is worthy Mm. all of it is absolutely perfect exactly as it is Mm. even when i we fall out of the grace of god and forget to remember that truth Mm. thank you so much for presencing all of this today my friend thank you ditto ditto this has been such a wonderful reminder and such a beautiful i'm so excited to watch this again and i'm probably gonna or listen to it again and watch it and just feel like just remember, you know, like this is a, like a sigil, this, this, what you've, you've helped create is this, this symbol, this, um, multidimensional experience that people get downloads from and people get upgrades from, and like, I'm getting upgrades, you know, and downloads have been coming to me while we're talking and like, I'm experiencing them and upgrading myself in this conversation. And so yeah, literally that's my goal, you know, and I'd love to do another one of these and maybe interview you next time and, or just keep, keep the conversation going because there's so much more I want to talk about. Oh, don't you worry. The, the carousel <laughs> will come back around. It will scoop you up and we will pay more rainbows. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you can leave the listener with any one thing we've talked about, oh shit, Tom, what would you leave them with, whether it's a thought or if it's something to go into take out to actualize on the thing, all the things we really talked about. I, by the way, I really loved the uh, not waiting on inspiration, but acknowledging that inspiration is always there and we can use radical proactivism as a means to act on the inspiration that's inherently all around us. How do we take that now into the world? You take it and you put it into um, a little list or a, or draw a bubble or speak it into a microphone and record it 
what are the things you need to brain dump what the fuck is going on in your head if you feel lost you you need to to get it organized mm. you brain dump you organize all that shit into piles and then you organize them into different piles that are more efficient like i just went through a coaching program that was five, uh, five days unfuck your to-do list I'm just saying, like, if you want to be radically proactive about your fucking life, first acknowledge, like, she did this in the, in the opposite order, but I'm going to do it in this order. First acknowledge your energy. How do you feel about the things you want to do? You know, if you don't feel good about the things you want to do, it's going to take 10 times longer than than it needs to and you're you're going to feel shitty during before and afterwards and the product is probably going to be shitty <laughs> so get yourself in a place about feeling good about what you wanted what you're going to do and what you've accomplished so far and what you will accomplish get yourself feeling good about that you have the that ability and you are absolutely going to have everything that you've ever wanted but you need to start somewhere so starting brain dumping this is Laura Badiali, you can look her up on Facebook and YouTube and she's amazing. She's from the UK. I don't know how the fuck she ended up in my inbox and my email, but I signed up for her <laughs> week-long thing. And I was the only man. And I was like, it was like day one, brain dump. Day two, organize into piles. What is this pile into themes? Day three, take those themes and apply them to what needs to get done in the next 24 hours, what needs to get done in the next 48 hours, what is in the next month, what can you delegate and what can you delete? I, I can elaborate on that or you can reach out to her. You can talk to either of us about that. I'm sure you have experience with delegating, seeing if somebody else can take care of that for you. Seeing mm -hmm. if, if, if I've been trying to, to do this one thing for two, three years and I don't fucking do it, don't worry about it. Literally just give it away because it'll show up in another way. Once you stop like focusing on it as this one thing and you give it up, it, it evolves. You give it the ability, you've unlimited it. And now it can evolve into something new and you can experience it in a different way and maybe a more fun and loving way. Those things that you delete off of your to-do list is what I'm saying. They will get done. You just have to stop trying to do them the way you thought you were going to do them. And like 28, 48, one week, one month, that's, you can do that, right? And then the next time is like scheduling out your every freaking day, every hour of every day, every half hour of every day. What the fuck are you doing? Where is your time going? Because if you're spending any time doing shit that's not benefiting you, doing shit that's not focusing on what you what you actually want to create in the world, what, you, what is actually coming through, you're creating an opportunity for it to flow through. You're not fucking creating shit. You're literally like opening up the portal and the shit's just flying through. You're like, this is where I want it to come through and this is what I want to come through. And you open it and it just like flies through. So you need to know where your time's going and what where, like if you want something to come through, whether it's money, opportunity, work jobs, whatever, you need to create an opportunity for it to come through. Spending some fucking time paying attention to it. Giving some love and attention to it. Not just attention, because our attention can be uh, or uh, or uh, or uh, you know? But like when you give it love, it's like, mm, uh, 
oh yeah you know like you get excited and then other people get excited and other people are going to help you and show up in the places where you need help so and then yeah so bringing it all back around energy about it you need to have a, a good energy about organizing your shit i'm gonna brain dump and that is a accomplishment you've achieved something once you brain dump and let everything come out that you need to want to focus on or do or have or whatever that is an achievement give yourself a fucking pat on the back give yourself a cookie whatever the fucking you deserve it you know give yourself a run give yourself a hug go masturbate go do whatever you know like (laughs) you deserve praise for the things for the accomplishments that you do and know that every step in the direction of taking better care of yourself is an accomplishment, whether it's brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth, waking up early and going for a hike, or just taking a second and breathing because you're fucking stressed out and you need to calm your shit. Like, get your energy right, do your brain dump, organize it, organize it again into time increments, and then organize it again into a schedule every half hour of every day. What the fuck are you doing? Is it benefiting you? If it's not, maybe toss it out or maybe redefine it so that it is. And then come back to the energy. Before you do any of those things on your to-do list, what's your energy? Are you excited to do it? If not, get fucking excited because you are about to spend time expanding yourself and fucking doing exactly what you need to do because you've followed the call, you've followed the inspiration, you're doing the things, you've written them down, and now all you need to do is fucking do them. And if you feel shitty about it or apprehension, get yourself in a good place. Do some dancing, do some breathing. Like, know that you're benefiting self. Know that it's self-love. Know that you're not abandoning yourself when you're doing this thing. And that's all. Awesome, man. Sweet. I'm, I'm very clear on all of it. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> well, I, again, once again, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for your energy. I feel like I just got a shot of adrenaline to my neck with that. <laughs> like, I'm about to, I'm about to take all this divine inspiration. It's going, it's just getting multiplied out in all the different directions. So <clears throat> once again, Chachi, thank you. Thank you so much to those of you who are listening from the bottom of my heart, thank you for every single second, minute, hour, anything you've ever taken to listen to this. Thank you for being a part of this and thank you for choosing to follow the wolf. Much love. Much love. Follow the wolf. Ch-ch-ch.